0: In the book of Nahum, what do you plot against the Lord? He will make a complete end. Trouble will not rise up a second time. For they are like tangled thorns, like drunkards as they drink. They are consumed like stubble, fully dried. From you came one who plotted evil against the Lord, a worthless counselor. Thus says the Lord, though they are at full strength and many, they will be cut down and pass away. Though I have afflicted you, I will afflict you no more. And now I will break his yoke from off you and will burst your bonds apart. The Lord has given commandment about you. No more shall your name be from the house of your gods I will cut off the carved image and the metal image I will make your grave for you are vile behold upon the mountains the feet of him who brings good news who publishes peace keep your feasts, O Judah fulfill your vows for never again shall the worthless pass through you he is utterly cut off. Nahum 1, 9 through 15.
1: Amen. Thank you, James McClary, who just read to you our text for today. Message number two today, are you sure? Are you Sure, it sounds like a Baptist sermon title from the 1980s. And it may sound like one today, Amen. Just to give you a little background for those of you who weren't here last week about the book of Nahum. God, some time ago, as I was praying through some things, quickened my spirit to preach a series during the month of November through the book of Nahum. I said, Lord, I don't want to preach a series through the book of Nahum. And he said, Well, that's what I want you to do. And then I moved quickly to, Lord, how do I preach a series? Through the book of Nahum. And I was asking the Lord these questions because this is a very harsh book of the Bible. It's harsh because after God's been patient with Nineveh and Assyria for over 200 years, the time finally comes for him to take vengeance for him to stand up for his children. You see, God is a God of love and God is a God of grace and he is a God of second, third, and fourth chances, but God can't idly stand by and allow his true children to be abused, hurt, mocked, and mistreated forever. He can't be a God of love and allow his children to be mistreated time and time again. So... Last week, we discussed the character of God. This week, the contempt of God. There is an end to evil. There is an end to mocking God. And if you do not repent, if you do not turn from your worldly or wicked ways, judgment is coming. It's not a popular sermon title any longer, but judgment is coming. So my Mandate today is for you to make sure you are thoroughly right with God. My mandate today is to make sure you have been forgiven of your sins, to make sure you are following God, to make sure your faith is not in this world or what you watch religiously on the news every day, but that you get your report from the word of God trusting the will of God. Because of the last two years, we've become addicted to politics and addicted to news and addicted to our person winning. And And it hasn't changed a darn thing because the only thing that will change a person and change a nation is the Lord Jesus Christ and his revival fire on a person that leads to a body that spreads to a city that spreads to a region and that goes to the uttermost parts of the earth. We need revival, but revival starts with you and I. In the book of Jonah, God calls him to this Nineveh and he doesn't wanna go. He gets swallowed by a large fish and he stays in the belly of that fish and he gets spit out. And then eventually he honors God and he preaches to this Nineveh and they have revival and they all come to the Lord And at the end of Jonah, he's laying under a tree depressed wanting to die. And I told you last week, I've always wondered why. I mean, I could preach Jonah all day long. And then I get to the end and I'm like, he just saw the greatest revival and now he's laying under a tree and wants to die. Weird. Could it be that Jonah knew this city would turn back to their wicked ways? And eventually be destroyed from top to bottom, from the king all the way down because of their wickedness and unrighteousness. We spoke of three kings. King Manasseh, who was evil, into idol worship, killed babies, sound familiar, perversion, but ended up coming to the Lord at the very end of his life and finishing somewhat well Then his son Amon who adopted his father's wicked qualities and was assassinated by his own people after two years on the throne. And then young Josiah, eight years old, who reigned 31 years and who restored the things of God, implemented the Passover celebration. Don't tell me God can't use children. And so the first eight verses last week and then the six you just heard this week We move from God's character to his contempt, from his direction to his discipline. So, my question is Are you sure? Because everything we're taught in the old covenant is a picture of what we deal with spiritually in the new covenant. He is patient, but there comes an end to wickedness, there comes an end to rebellion, there comes an end to ignorance. Are you right with God? Are you sure you've been born again? Are you washed in the blood? Do you not just claim Jesus, do you follow Jesus? When judgment comes, you will have no other opportunities to follow Christ or accept his free gift of grace. He is a loving God, but he is a just God. Nineveh, over a course of a 100 years in Assyria, committed horrendous evil acts and God would restore them. He would raise up prophet after prophet and they continued to do evil in the sight of the Lord. They refused to turn from their wicked ways. God is slow to anger, my friend, but he's great in power. So when we look at Assyria, who had a really a stronghold on that entire region, modern-day Turkey and Iraq now, we see the personality of God. We see the patience of God, but we also see the promise of God. God will not allow those of us that know him to stay in decline forever. So if you know him, that's good news. God will not allow his children to stay in bondage forever. God will not allow his children to be mistreated by their government forever because there is a new government where the king of all kings reigns on high, where we have access to every good and pleasant thing. It even has its own language, its own constitution, 66 books worth. If you have access to that kingdom, you're not under This government Now you should do what is right Pay unto Caesar what is Caesar's Pay unto the Lord what is the Lord's But I don't know about you But I've been adopted into a new family I've been guaranteed a new future Amen I'm not confined Or constrained By what I see on the news By my past By religion God's got a hold of me And God's got more for me, and He's got more for you. If you believe it, shout Amen. Amen. Who can withstand His indignation? It says in our text. Who can endure His burning anger? Wickedness destroys legacy. Let me say that again wickedness destroys legacy. See, I believe in biblical legacy, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I believe in daughtership and sonship, and I believe the biblical model is for old man to dream dreams and young men and women to see visions and the spirit to be poured out on all flesh, Joel chapter two. But if you want to cut off your kingdom legacy, if you want to put a curse on your future and the future of your children and grandchildren, Turn away from God, do wicked in the sight of God and never repent for it. See, it's one thing to sin ignorantly. There is the sin of ignorance. Hey, I just don't know any better, right? But then there's the sin of iniquity. That's when you know better. The consequences for iniquity are worse than the consequences for ignorance. Who can withstand His indignation, his burning anger. Pagan societies such as Assyria, Nineveh, they put a heavy emphasis on legacy too. I mean, they didn't care what was going on. If you had a son or a daughter in the bloodline, they were guaranteed either to marry someone who would continue the legacy or if they were a male, to walk right into it. But... What we learn in this text today is no matter how strong our worldly governmental legacy may be, when we do wicked in the sight of God, I don't care if you have four presidents and seven governors in your family line. What we learn in these verses is that no matter how powerful your earthly legacy is, when you do wickedness in the sight of God, He will destroy your legacy and you will have nothing to show for those years where you reigned here. Scary stuff. Says, whatever you plot against the Lord, he will bring it to complete destruction. Oppression will not rise up a second time. Consumed like thorns, coming after a drink like a drunkard, like straw that is fully dry. One that has gone out from you who plots evil against the Lord and is a wicked counselor. And then this is for God's children, for Judah, for the people of Israel. Though they are strong and numerous, they'll be mowed down. That's for somebody this morning. You feel like the devil has surrounded you that you have no future, that you can't quit the struggle you're in the midst of, that nothing ever goes your way, that when you got saved, nothing good happened. You're not even sure why you made that decision years ago, but the Spirit is starting to stir in you, and the Lord wants you to hear that though your enemies may be numerous, though your struggles may be great, God will remove them and God will mow them down. Yes, he is a God of love, but he is a God that will not let his children suffer forever. Yes, sir. They are strong and numerous. They will be mowed down. Yeah. Though I have punished you, and really what this means in Hebrew is though you have been a part of a punishment that I designated for others, I will punish you no longer. For now I break off his yoke, this demonic king from you and tear off your shackles. Now, here's the part that speaks to legacy. There will be no offspring to carry on your name. It was a big deal in that society. I will eliminate the carved idol and cast image from the house of your gods. I will prepare your grave for you are contemptible. Look to the mountains The feet of the herald who proclaims peace Celebrate your festivals, Judah In other words, experience joy, God's people Put a smile on your face, God's people This message is not for you Just understand, God's people That the devil will have his day That he has been defeated That his destiny is a lake of fire And that those of us that know Jesus Christ will rule and reign with him forevermore. That there is an eternity waiting on us. That there are crowns in heaven waiting on us. Our destiny is not a six foot hole in the ground or an urn on the shelf. Our destiny is with the great king of all kings. And although this says Judah, Galatians says, we are grafted in to the line of Judah and that Jesus came from the tribe of Judah. And because of him, we have the victory. And no longer are we under the law, we are under grace. So if you know Jesus, you ought to be shouting today. If you don't know Jesus, his character is that he is patient and you're alive today and you have an opportunity to finally put it all to rest and accept Jesus and truly follow him. Look to the mountains to the feet of the herald To those who proclaim peace Celebrate your festivals Fulfill your vows Let me put this in contemporary language Put a smile on your face Be faithful to the things of God Including your church For the wicked one will never again March through you He will be entirely wiped out Hallelujah I don't know what you came to do but I came to celebrate the Lord Jesus Christ and rejoice in my victory today because the victory is mine, victory is mine. Victory today is mine. I told Satan, get thee behind. Victory today is mine and it is ours, those of us who know Jesus. Devastation number one. You can bet on these three things. Devastation comes to the unbeliever Judgment and destruction came to Nineveh And it comes to the unrepentant sinner For God so loved the world That he gave his only begotten son And that whosoever believeth in him Should not perish but have everlasting life But we never quote the next one For God did not send his son into the world To condemn the world But that the world through him Might be saved God didn't send Jesus to condemn us But if we reject him condemnation is coming he who believes in the son verse 36 has everlasting life and he who does not believe in the son shall not see life for the wrath of God abides on him so absolutely destruction and devastation comes to the unbeliever But the good news that we just celebrated is deliverance comes to the believer. Amen? Amen. Listen, Judah, they were under the control of Assyria. They were under the control of demonic leadership. And they had to believe this by faith. Though they're strong and numerous, they will be devastated by the judgment of God. You have to claim that for yourself says, though you've been under punishment, that day is over. Thank you, Lord. you are under grace. 2 Timothy 4 verse 18 says this, And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom, a kingdom that cannot be shaken. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. 2 Peter chapter 2 verse 9 says this, Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. In other words, the Lord knows what's up. He knows whether you're ignorant to sin or you're involved in iniquity. The Lord knows whether you need grace in this season or you need accountability in this season. You see, some of you begging for grace and you've had an abundance of it and you haven't done anything with the grace you've been given. And Some of you feel like you've been under punishment, but today showers of mercy are hitting your life for the first time and you're understanding that the love of God and his grace and mercy, they are enough to carry you out of this dark season Into your new destiny That's who God is And that's what he does Number three Defeat Comes to the ungodly Defeat Comes to the ungodly If I've done my job The last two weeks Even giving you the historical background Last week Then I've made it clear That Every day has its dog, and every dog has its day. And the devil has been defeated, and his day is coming, and that those of us that know Jesus will reign victoriously with him. So I want to ask you a few questions before I give you my last point for today's message. This is a prophetic release of questions that I believe... Someone needs to hear with their spiritual ears this morning, either in the house or online. Are you sure you want to stay right where you are? Are you sure you want to stay right where you are? This could be addiction, this could be your mindset, this could be your fear, this could be your bondage, this could be your depression. This could be your drama. This could be your sin pattern or your sin struggle. This could be what you inherited from your family. Are you sure you want to stay there spiritually? Are you sure? Maybe you're living in a place that God called you out of a long time ago. Maybe it's a spiritual place. Maybe it's a natural habitat. Maybe God has called you to go take a risk and a chance. Are you sure you want to stay right where you are? Number two, for those of you that love Jesus, are you sure you want to bow to Satan and the best his government can give and not God's? Are you sure you want to bow to the government of Satan, not God's government? In other words, Are you sure you want to continue to look to the things of this world for your blessing, for your favor, for your promotion, for your dreams and ideas? I believe that through the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus left with us, you can accomplish your dreams. You can go to the next level. You can have more purpose on this earth and crowns in heaven. It simply... Requires you to accept it and move forward in it. Are you sure you want to bow to Satan and his form of government? Are you sure you want to be a casual Christian? I mean, the scariest part of the Bible to me is in the New Testament where Jesus says, many will come to me in that day, and say, Lord, Lord, haven't we done things in your name? Haven't we prophesied in your name? Haven't we done miracles in your name? Haven't we helped people in your name? And haven't we done this? And he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. See, faith in Jesus Christ is not intellectual faith. I believe in reading the Bible. I believe in studying the Bible. I believe it is the word of God. I understand theology, I've got the degrees, I've studied it. I can tell you the difference between a pre-trib and a mid-trib and what Calvinism looks like. But authentic faith is not intellectual. It is spiritual. And some of you have never moved from head knowledge into heart knowledge of Jesus Christ. Because let me tell you the difference. You can know that you need to forgive that person that hurt you, but if you're connected to the Holy Spirit, you have to forgive that person that hurt you. You can know something's a sin, but when you're connected to the Holy Spirit, you are gonna be convicted if you go down that path. Heart knowledge, not head knowledge. Are you sure you wanna be a casual Christian? We were discussing things as our staff this past year and during the pandemic. And you know, everybody's got a podcast or a blog and everybody's a leadership guru today. And people have followers that ain't got any sense. And we're just in that season of life where we've got, everybody has an opinion on everything. And all these reports came out and the reports basically said, you know, church is done. The faithful people only come once or twice a month and the pandemic, it'll never be back to what it once was. People realize that church is not for them, that it's not important. And your faithful people only come twice a month. They're gonna take away your tax exemption when you give. And then once they do that, people are gonna stop tithing And I read all these reports and people sent them to me and I just said, you know what? I just think Abba's house is built different. I know the world may say that and I know churches are closing but I believe God put this church here sovereignly. I believe it'll be here long after I'm gone. I believe God's hands on this place and its people and I believe this grace place has kingdom purpose and the people called to it will stand with it as they always have since 1951. And yeah, the casual church may be dying, but the kingdom church is alive and well today, preaching the gospel, flowing in spiritual gifts, standing to the word of God, helping the hungry, helping the hurting, doing what God called us to do. Defeat comes to the ungodly. And for those of you unsaved, Are you sure you want to keep rejecting God? Are you sure you want to keep rejecting the things of God? Colossians chapter three, verse 25, for you New Testament only people, but he who does wrong, all will be repaid for what he has done and there is no partiality. We learn from the Old Testament, from Jehovah, that God has always been patient, that he's always been loving, that he's just, but he can't be loving and allow his people to suffer forever. He himself would be a contradiction if he continued to allow babies to be murdered, people to suffer in poverty and be abused, and his people to lose their voice. So I believe he's coming with the shout of an archangel. I will still believe every knee will bow. Every Islam knee will bow. Every sinful knee will bow. Every atheist knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of lords and King of all kings. So are you sure you want to reject God The punishment for rejection, verse 14, the Lord has issued an order concerning you. There will be no offspring to carry on your name. I will eliminate the carved idol and the cast image from the house of your gods. In other words, I'll make a fool of that which you worshiped while you lived on this earth. I will prepare your grave For you are contemptible I believe God is leading people Who lead people to a higher standard And for those of you who love Jesus Delight comes to the faithful Those who bring the good news of peace The Bible says Have beautiful feet They partner with God For the salvation of men and women Feet speak of activity, of motion and progress. These people are active. They're moving in the work of the kingdom and have beautiful feet. In Isaiah, the good news is the coming of Jesus, the Messiah. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father and prince of peace. But in Nahum, the good news is the defeat of God's enemies. The defeat of God's enemies. Revelation 17 and 18 describe the fall of Babylon, the world system, and all its support structure that we are so enamored by today, that we are so controlled by today. We don't mean to worship it, those of us that know Christ, but in a sense, we worship by accident this world system. Revelation chapter 18 Shows how the kings and the merchants of the earth Mourned the fall of Babylon Why? Because that is where their faith was But Revelation 18 through 20 Says that heaven rejoiced At the fall of Babylon That when this world system crumbles Heaven will rejoice And the people of heaven Will rejoice right along with it What is mourned on this earth sometimes is applauded in heaven. Let me say that again for those of you in the back. What is mourned on this earth is applauded in heaven. So maybe you've lost someone during this pandemic. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe you've buried friends such as I have. If they knew Jesus, what we mourn on earth will be applauded in heaven. Amen. And I want you to be comforted today. That's what the word Nahum means, to be comforted, to comfort or console, to understand better days are ahead. God is not through with his church yet. God is raising up a new generation of leaders. Revival is being poured out and no weapon formed against God's church shall prosper. So I want you to allow God's grace to cover you and cause you to be more faithful to the things of God, to the church of God, to the word of God, to sinners, to those in the struggle. May this message under the anointing not only be a warning, may it stir your spirit to get back in the race, back in the field, back in the fight for God. He's not finished with us yet. Everyone who has breath, let them praise the Lord. Stand on your feet and give God a shout of victory this morning. Praise God like he's already done it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Before I leave today, if you've been going the wrong way, If you're in the struggle and you don't have peace with God and you're lost, you say, Pastor Ronnie, I don't have a relationship with God. And you want to. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. It's more than a prayer. It's more than religion. It's relationship. It's submission and surrender to the things of God. It is not religious perfection. It is spiritual surrender to a loving God. If you need Jesus, pray this prayer with me. Abba's house, help me. Dear Lord Jesus, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Please come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and use me for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're watching online, you can go to our Abba's house app and register that salvation decision. If you're in the house today, As Brother Al leads us, I'm going to make my way right down here to the right. I'm not going to say anything else. I'll pray with you privately and then we'll take you to the next steps area. If you want to connect with this church, you want to sign up to serve, if you pray with me down here or you just prayed with me and you'll trust me to come over here and let me pray with you in person, they will get you registered. We'll help you get started in your relationship with Christ. We'll do all of that down front and at the table. But for many of you, You're saved, but you've believed a a negative report. You've believed a lie about God's true church. You've forgotten that we're victors. You've forgotten that we win. I want you to be reminded of that before you leave today, that you're on the winning team, that eternity awaits you, that God has crowns for you, and that as long as you have bread, Praise the Lord. Serve the Lord. Advance his kingdom. Straighten up your legs. Stiffen your back. Put a smile on your face. Jesus Christ is not through with you yet. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to be down front for just a moment. If you prayed to receive Christ, you want me to pray with you? i will be happy to do that. God bless you.